and welcome back to their podcast. This is Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your co-host, Lexi LeBooth. And I am Stephen Booth, Matt Hardy. What the heck? Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just kind of <laughs> came out. I wish the video was going for that. The freaking <laughs> sign thing you just did. <clears throat> I was just joshing around. But hey, guess what, guys? It's September. Yes, this is our first episode of the first week of September. Yes. And this is our 18th episode. 18, dun, baby. Dun, dun. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know how we started it? Intro short and stuff. So, um, we are going to give a bunch of shout-outs to the new people. So if you want to hear a lot that, of people stay. in the states, not just that, and a lot but, of Europeans. So if you want to hear that, just stay stay tuned to the end. So stay um, tuned for the forty knocks. Oh my god! Are okay. you ready for some <laughs> creepy, creepy stories today? I'm so so happy because it's September, cooler weather, Halloween. I'm so ready for it to not be like a uh, hundred degrees all the. Oh, I know it's so nice to hang out on the back porch and not like literally boil. Yes. Okay, who's starting, me or you? Uh, well, you can go. I'm going to cover <coughs> El Mooch. Mo- uh. The Headless Horseman. Yeah, but how do you say that? El Mur- El Mucho. El Mucho. El Mucho. El Mucho. And the Black Eyed Children. And Bowden Road. And then the Dancing Devil. In San Antonio. Yeah, he was at a bar one night dancing with some chicks. Getting it on. Yeah, the devil's a freak. It would be weird if you realized you're really dancing with the devil. That would be weird. I don't know what I would do. Okay, so I'm going to kick it off. All right, everybody. I'm not even going to attempt to say this this place because I can't say it. It's in Italian, but... Don Gadik. Um... (laughs) I can't say it. It's an Italian, but this oh god, no! It's yeah, oh uh, yeah. So you guys are just gonna have to like. Pedel Piscano Shes. It's 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 the name for a psychiatric place, but it's in Italian, so I don't know how to say it. But this place is in. Are you gonna look it up? Yeah, I'm just trying to process the. Oh okay. <laughs> this place is in uh, Volteria. It's uh, Italy. So, I think I. Yeah. So, again, not going to attempt to say the name because I'm going to butcher it and I don't even know how to begin to say it. So, this is in a um, psychiatric hospital, asylum, whatever you want to call it, place. And this place was closed down due to, like, the um, cruel treatment that the patients were receiving. So, they got shut down in 1978. Well, if you look at the pictures, and I actually looked at the pictures for once, this place looks like something out of, like, a horror movie. Like, all those abandoned um, videos and stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys watch those, but I do. That's, like, what it looks like. It's really weird. So, this place still stands. It's severely vandalized. But, you can see wheelchairs... And they have, like, old telephone booths, and they have, like, sunbeds. Like, they have, like, everything there just, like, left behind. So it's cool to, like, see all that. But let's hear some of the history. Okay, so this place was founded in 1888. Whoa, son of a... You good? 
Yeah, I didn't realize my mic was so close to my face. <laughs> and I turned around and bam. Okay, so this place was. Founded. I think I've seen this hospital though on a paranormal caught on tape. Yeah. This guy and his uh, sister was in there, and they started chasing its black mask and just attacked him. And they hauled ass. Oh, that that's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this place was founded in 1888. So it was founded in 1888, but it was shut down in 1978. So it was open for a good chunk of time. Anyway, so the founder wanted to make this place like self-sufficient, like 99.9% of these places are. And also wanted like him to be able to like work with the patients and like figure out like what was wrong instead of just being like, okay, you're crazy, you know? Well, he passed away before he could do that. But he said, or they said that he like set a currency or whatever for like how it was supposed to run. It didn't run that way though. <laughs> like it was supposed to, but I mean, cause he was dead, no one followed the rules. So yeah. Well, the guy who built it was buried in the cemetery there, so, like, he haunts the place. Well, and then the 1950s and the 60s, it uh, became one of the largest asylums in Italy. And then they've had at least 6,000 people, and it, <laughs> yeah. Damn. A lot of people. So, and this is crazy. They've Okay, so they had 20 sinks and two. Two toilets to every 200 people. 20 sinks and two toilets. What the heck? They got their uh, toilets uh, mixed up with their... But, it, yeah, I know. It was like that to every 200 people. So, it was like there was very, very few, like, bathroom stuff. Well, they had, like, a famous patient. And this famous patient, I guess his name was, like, Fernando, I guess. I don't know <coughs> how to pronounce stuff. You guys know this by now. Anyway. So, they had a famous patient, and I guess what he would do is he would, like, carve stuff into the walls and, like, you he know. He a guava. Yeah, but I don't remember what he did it with because it didn't really say because this was, like, in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s. Hmm. But um, he would write down, like, he would pretty much put, like, in words on the walls or, like, whatever he had in his hands at the time, like, his experiences, other people's experiences, how he was mistreated, how the place was horrible and all that. And, but he was really famous for, like, the symbols he carved in walls because most asylums still use, like, those symbols today. So, like... Mm, so he was an inventor. Pretty much in an asylum, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd love to go to an old asylum like that. You know that sucker's haunted. You know, oh, it'd scare I know. the pejeejees. I out would of love you. to go to one. I mean, look so, how creepy this place looks. Oh yeah, no, it looks so creepy. You guys need to look at the pictures. So, this place is famous for its electroshock therapy. Mm. Also, I mean, they use other methods, but like this one was like the go-to one, like the one they use like ninety-nine point eight percent of the time. So. They would tie patients to beds in straight jackets. Like, they'd be in the straight jackets, like, hard to get out of those anyway. But then tie the patient to the bed to be like, oh, if you get out of the straight jacket, now you get a guy out of the tie thing we have to your bed. That's so. how they start doing it to kids. No. <laughs> oh, they test us. Okay. Well, then. So not only did they have them tied up in their straight jacket, they was tied up to the bed too. <laughs> yes, and then they would get like letters. This reminds me of the Notebook because like 
these patients would get letters from the family, but they would conceal the letters. And you wouldn't hear about the letters until, like, the patient died. That's and crazy. I heard, I saw that, and I was like, notebook. Because <laughs> of how, yeah, anyway. Um, and then they, put, they named this place the place of no return because apparently, like, you go in, you don't come out, you die. So... And then they said overcrowding was a huge issue. I mean, 60, wait, 6,000 people, not 60,000, 6,000 people. Yeah, and it was lot. probably only built for oh, maybe Well, eight. whenever they said, like, 20 sinks, two toilets to 200 people, I was like, okay, there's some math errors. <laughs> there's no way that place can hold that many people. So, I mean, the hauntings are pretty much the same. As we go on, you're going to notice that a lot of the hauntings in a lot of the asylums are pretty much anywhere kind of the same. Like, you know, you'll hear voices and footsteps and, like, doors will shut and open on their own. <laughs> um, but they say, like, whenever you enter, like, you just get this overwhelming sense of, like, fear and isolation and, like, sadness. And you can just, like, feel what they feel. And you have that with you until, like, you leave. Yeah, the place is probably just full of, full of bad, just sad thoughts and just sad all the way around. Yeah. But it is creepy, and I did find the pictures, like, and not enjoyable, but I like them. Yeah, we've already had this discussion about how my asylums are, how I feel about them. But, also sorry if I, like, sound weird, my sinuses are messing with me. And you're going a lot. Because I can't breathe. <laughs> okay. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the matter, Lexi? You're like, this is do do tears. Okay. Breathe, jerk. My story is on El Mechura, the Headless Horseman of Texas. Now, is this just in Texas of him, or is it, like, everywhere? Well, there's other Headless Horseman stories, but this is the one for Texas. I... So, the legend goes a bandit named Valed was a busy outlaw. During the summer of 1850, him and some other men started uh, stealing horses and stuff around the area. He had already had a big uh, bounty on his head for uh, previous stuff he did. Some local Texas rangers and a local rancher started looking for the uh, bandits. They found them and killed them in their camp. But that wasn't good enough for a valid. They, uh, after they hung him, they sat there and shot him about, I don't know how many times. Then they cut his head off. Then they put his body on one of these uh, horses that they stole. Put his body up there and tied his head, put his head in, uh, in his poncho, his hat. And had his poncho in the saddlebag, and he, he would ride around. They hit him on the butt, and he rode off with. Yeah. Ew. See, in one of the stories that I read, because like we accidentally did the same story, but I had Dad do the horseman instead of me. I read, I read that like they had the horse head, not the horse head, his head, like just tied to the horse, or like sewn onto the horse. Huh. But I was like. That's weird. I don't How think would that, you do that? I don't know. So I was like, I so his head on the horse. I don't but know. that's still weird. Not only did they chop his body, I mean, cut his head off, then they. Well, then after that, a couple of weeks, months later, I think, yeah, in 
Ben Bolt, a rancher, found the horseman with the body on it and gave him a, a burial and all that stuff. But ever since then, people have uh, been seeing sights of the headless horseman roaming the prairie. They say on a nice moonlit night, you can still see the uh, headless horseman running around what out in the old West Texas. That? that would be weird. Simone, Even tra- I was reading, do? there's travelers that said they've seen them, you know, when they're traveling. Imagine if the truck, I wonder if the truck drivers have seen them. Probably. Oh, you've known they've seen some crazy stuff. Oh, God. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I knew that one was going to be kind of a short story because that's like an urban legend. Yeah. Thing, but. That's why I'm starting to work on doing about four stories every uh, episode. Yeah. But I still, I still like it. Simone, what do you think? Huh? She's, She's like, like I don't, don't care. talk to me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do the uh, donkey lady uh, bridge thingy. This is an other urban legend. And I know you guys are probably like, oh, Lexi, what are you doing? Because I never do this stuff. Donkey. Uh, but I found like three or four that I liked. And I was like, I'm going to do them. <laughs> that donkey one's pretty cool. Why'd you have to cough into the mic like that? Well, uh, I clean them. You don't. <laughs> That's true. I'm bad about that. Okay. So... This is how the uh, donkey lady folklore thing in the Barbara goes. <coughs> so basically, back in the 1950s, a young woman was tragically disfigured in a fire. People think that her husband set fire to, like, cause the fire. It didn't say if it was, like, in her house or whatever, so I don't know about that. But basically, she got disfi- disfi- disfigured in this fire. Um... Her fingers were, like, fused together, and basically, like, it just created, like, stumps of her hands, and they look like hoofs from far, far away. So, then they gave her the name Donkey Lady. Well, <clears throat> I guess where it happened is it looked like a bridge or something, because, like, it's the Donkey Lady slash the Donkey Lady Bridge. So, I guess it happened around that area, because... You know, you know, because they're the legend. <laughs> so they say that, like, the bridge is, like, swampy and overgrown. Because I was looking at the bridge, and it was also because I saw, like, a creek thing. But this is also one of those where I've seen, like, three or four different versions of this thing. So I don't know. And also, if you visit the bridge after dark, and you call out, you know... The donkey lady, she'll appear in front of you. Donkey lady. So. And then they apparently have, like, a secret path behind the bridge, like, for further exploration. But I don't know. So. This one's in Houston. No, we should start, um, when we do our vacations, plan, plan them around these places to go see. Yeah. But this one's in Houston. So if you're from the Houston area... Go check out and tell us if you see the donkey lady. Mmm, donkey. That one was short, but um, you guys know how most of these urban legends go. It was like, do you believe them? Do you not? Yeah, and it's usually just one folk one folk tale, and there's not really a whole lot to back it up. But they are fun to hear about. But uh, we still love to hear about the scary stuff. Yeah. Okay. You want me to do another one? Because you only have like one more left. I got two, two more? more left. My bad. So, do you want to do another one? Yes. 
I'm typing in my black-eyed children. Okay, so I'll go real quick. Okay, so, ooh, did you hear how I said that? <laughs> okay, so this is the Bragg Lights of Saratoga, Texas. So, there is a dirt road known as the Bragg uh, Road slash Ghost Road. And I've heard of this, but I've, like, never seen pictures. Well, this place was once, uh, once a rail line, and it was, like, connecting the Bragg areas to Saratoga to move, like, lumber and goods and stuff. Well, accidentally, one night, a brake man got ran over and, like, his head got chopped off. The bread the, man? The brake man. Oh, the brake man. I was like... <laughs> the bread man. bread man? What the hell is he doing? No. Um, he got decapitated by the mm. train. So... I yeah. hate it when that happens. It ruins my Saturday tonight. Wow. Sorry if I'm making a bunch of noise, guys. I'm trying to fix something, and I shouldn't do this during yeah. podcasting time. He should time. wait and do it before or after, but he doesn't. No. Anyway, so basically, it says that you can like see the like the outline of like his body. Yeah. Of the brake man holding like a lantern, looking for his head. Wow, ain't that lovely? Well, there's like. Hey, has anybody seen my head? <laughs> There's three other stories also to this, like why it's like the Bragg lights. Well, it's also apparently been associated with the bride and groom who were honeymooning, honeymooning at the Bragg Hotel. And um, the bride was murdered. And then the groom went out to like look for her killer and he never came back. So that that's one of the theories about that. Well, then the other one is it's related to like a lost hunter. And then... Another one is that it's, like, part of, like, a fire, and that's why it's called that. Mmm, fire. <laughs> You're weird. Mm. So, it's just really, like, I built, I think the first one's, like, mainly, like, the truest one. But, you know. So. No, you never know, though. Yeah, you really, you don't ever know. Especially when you see something like that, you'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, sir, tell us about these black-eyed children. They were creepy. Oh, I know. If I could get the kids to wear black contacts, I'd do that. Get them to go mess with people. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Okay. This is the black-eyed children <clears throat> of Abilene. The first sighting of the children was in 1996. A man stopped at a movie theater in the parking lot, and he was filling out his check because uh, he was going to go watch a movie. And, of course, if you new kids out there, you millenniums don't know what a check is. Back in the day, there wasn't no debit cards. You had to actually a write a is. check. I know what a check is. So that's what this man was doing. Well, he wasn't paying attention, and there was like three kids coming up, walking up to his car. And they was like wearing hoodies, and you couldn't really make out their face a whole lot. Well, um... When he right, he didn't notice them, and they knocked on the window, and it startled him. He looked up, and the kids were scaring him. They, he said it, the kids scared him. They were just so creepy looking, and he couldn't really make out their face exactly at first. Yeah. And uh, as a uh, well, of course, they was like, "Well, hey, we need we forgot our money, and we need to ride to the house so we can go get our money. Do you mind if you take us?" And he's like, "No, no." Every time he kept saying no, they'd get more frustrated and kept getting closer to the car. Well, the closer they got, the more he could make out their face. And then finally, when he's like, no, I can't help y'all. Leave me alone. The oldest one got up to the car and was like, come on, sir, let us in. 
And right when he did, he noticed all the kids, you know, because they came up to the car like that, to the window. Every one of them, their hoods kind of came back. Some of the, every one of them had like black eyes. Was that us? That was me. When I was doing this with my hands. Because I'm <laughs> talking to her while I'm doing this. And my hands are like, wee, And I smacked my mic. Um, but yeah, <laughs> when they came up to the glass and was like. Yeah, because, you know, they say they come up to your house or your car, and you tell them, no, you don't let them in or they'll kill you. But that's what they do. They say, oh, can we uh, use your phone? That or, oh, I need or, help or something yeah. like that. They'll use like, any excuse to let you to let, let them in. The um, Ghost Channel, one of the Ghost Channels we watched, they did a story about them at Denny's. I was watching it at Denny's. Yeah. It was creepy. Yeah, they just come out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I encountered one of those. I'd be like, <laughs> Well, heck, that one guy was a grown man, and he said they were scaring him. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um, I would be freaked out, that's for sure. But, like, yeah. I wonder where, like, they originate from. I mean, I but know. it's an urban legend thing, but, like, still. That is creepy. It's very, very, very creepy. He's turning on the fan. Is it just me or is it getting stuffy? It is, but it's not. Okay. So, now, we are going, or I'm, not we, me, I'm going to be talking about the candy lady. Now, I thought this was like the candy man. It's a totally different story. Unless, like, they're related. I mean, I thought, I think it's a different story. But there is a story about some candy lady in Houston. I think, yeah. So, <clears throat> I cannot breathe. My sinuses are killing me. Okay, so basically, at the turn of the 20th century, children like just started going missing, like just randomly. Well, the people, like, if they turned back up or like whatever, they would blame it on the candy lady. Turns out. The candy lady was somebody who lured children into her home with candy, and then they were never heard from again. Well, the children said that they would, like, wake up in the middle of the night and see, like, candy on, like, their windowsills. And then they didn't want to, like, tell their parents because they didn't want to, like, not get candy anymore, so they didn't say anything. Well... They kept on getting it and getting it. Like, if you were targeted, you kept on getting it and getting it and getting it. But then, like, if... I, like... I don't... It was kind of difficult, but, like, I guess, like, if you were targeted, like, you got writing on, like, the wallpaper of it. Or, like, the wrapping. The wrapping paper. Candy don't have wallpaper. <laughs> I don't... I kept been calling it wallpaper. I don't know why. Why? The wrapping What do you call it? that? And it would be signed, the candy lady. So, yeah. That was creepy. The candy lady can. After a span of like a decade, a handful of children went missing at the hands of this woman. No one knows who she is. No one knows like if it's true or not. But a farmer like found a piece of candy on the edge of his farm and it had rotten teeth in it. Well, he called the cops and they found a body like not too far from his house. Um... And it was a child that had been missing, like, for a couple of weeks. And it was in oh, a ditch. Oh, God. And the eyes were stabbed with the fork, and the pockets were filled with candy. And so they blamed the melting children on her. Well, the children believe that 
if she, you know, targets you with the candy, she'll take you somewhere, then pulls out your teeth and stabs your eyes with the fork. So, um, don't accept candy from strangers. <laughs> but, I just read that and I was like, I mean. Well, if you think about it, they made a movie, a movie off of that. The Candyman. No, not the Candyman. The Tooth Fairy. Think about how that story goes. Oh my God, stop. Yeah, that's where they get that. I don't like that. So, you going to tell your kids when you have them at the Tooth Fairy now? I'm going to be like, it's me. I'm sorry, guys. Watch a little kid be listening to this and they hear us say that. <laughs> and you already told them Santa's not real. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope no kids that little is listening to this. And if I did say I mean, I did say that, but if they heard it, you shouldn't be. <laughs> Some of these scores still were easier or too scary. Yeah. I mean, but we, we mess up. We don't tell them scary. Yeah. We can't talk. <laughs> okay. It's um it's your turn. <laughs> All right. We're going to be in Huntsville, Texas this time. There is a road called uh, Bowden Road, known by locals as Demon Road. The reports of a, there are reports of a little boy, but he's been seen crawling around like a spider. Yeah. A boy crawling around a like a little boy spider? crawling around like a spider. No thanks. And then 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 there was a reporter one day uh and an investigator there was trying to take a pic of it and when they uh zoomed in the boy rushed up and vomited some strange substance on the camera and destroyed it. Ew, what? Yeah, that's what the report said. And they, ever since then, the guy who took the picture, the investigator or the reporter, he quit. He never <clears throat> got back into photographing again. You know what that reminds me of? Like, American Horror Story, whenever, in the first one, whenever Vivian gets pregnant, and the girl who's doing the sonogram apparently has, like, a, the hoofs on her. And she, like, <laughs> passes out, and she quits being oh, a nurse. Oh, yes. She's like, I'm sorry, it's too scary. I can't stand the hoofs. Well, now, let's, oh, it's the same story. Then there's another story of a boy. He's riding a tricycle, and when he turns around or rides your way, he's got red glowing eyes. Some people think it's the devil, you know, pretending to be a boy to lure you in. That would not surprise you. me. And then there's reports of lights. And people finding handprints on the back of their vehicle. Like the uh, baby bridge. Yeah. They say if you just sit there, you'll feel a bunch of, uh, like some pressure on the, back, on the back of your vehicle. And then when you get to wherever and you look, in the, look on the back, you'll see a bunch of handprints. Let's go there. <laughs> and then they have feel these feelings that sweep, uh, sweep over you when you go on that road. It's just, they, they can't really describe it. It's like scary, scared. Um, just feeling like a kid again, you know. It's just really weird feeling. I and too, to that road leads to a cemetery that's also haunted. That has a lot of crap going on in it too. Well, that's great. <laughs> there's a man that wanders around there. There's a little boy, and I think there's a woman in that cemetery that wanders around. Is there a lady in white? <laughs> no, I think she's white. What? Nothing. 
That went right over my head. So, yeah. But it's a real creepy haunted road. It's like a dirt road out in the back of nowhere. Hmm. But, that, yeah. Ew, I don't like that. I think it'd be cool to kind of start uh, going and taking these places. You know, it's only 30 minutes and I'm almost done with my st What? How are we doing these so fast now? I don't know. Because before, four stories used to take us an hour. We're going to start doing 12. I don't know. Because I still got one more left. By the time you get yours fast? done, I don't know what we're doing, but that's crazy. Maybe the stories are just that short. Okay. Well, I'm going to be doing the, um, the Danvers State Hospital in Massachusetts. Danvers. Oh, Danvers. Yeah. I cannot breathe. Okay. So this place opened up in 1878, and it was, you know, self-sufficient, isolated, you know, farm and everything. Well, sorry. She's fixing to cry. No, I can't breathe at all. My sinuses today. By the uh, late 1930s, they were already filled over capacity. Um, over 2,600 patients over capacity. And it was only built to support 500 people. Hmm. That might be a little bit over their capacity there. Oh, by a lot. Well, the patients, you know, were like left in nude in their own filth. Sometimes, you know, just being, doing whatever. Well, by 1942, um, this guy named Freeman had a, had his perfect lobotomy um, technique down. Or he, you know what I mean? Like, he thought he had it perfected. Oh, so, yeah. basically, I forgot to say this at the beginning. This place is where the lobotomy first took off. Like, it was the created. Like, this is where it um, became a lobotomy place. You know what I mean? Like Maybe that guy needed a lobotomy. Let him know how it freaking felt. <laughs> I know, right? So, anyway, by, like, 1942, the doctor, Freeman, had um, perfected, thought he had perfected lobotomies. So... He had performed over 200 operations. It destroyed over 200 people. <laughs> um, and then by, you know, the 40s and the 50s, patients were, like, subjected to shock therapy and psychosurgery and lobotomies and all that. Well, um, it said that they closed in the late 1940s, but stuff was still going on in the 50s, so I'm not totally sure hmm. when it closed. Um, but... There was, like, multiple buildings because, you know, self-sufficient. Well, they turned one of the buildings into an apartment complex. And, you know, they had to renovate it and everything. Well, then the people that lived there started seeing a ghost. Mm. Like a daily ghost. They feel like they can see former patients in this place. And they can feel their pain. And they, like, can feel, like, what they felt. Like, it's really weird. And then, you know, the normal, the voices and all that. <laughs> no normal voices. You know what I mean. The normal hauntings. Voices. Just <laughs> so, voices. But, yeah, I thought that was weird how they changed it to, like, a um, uh, apartment complex. And then the people that lived there, like, was, like, starting to pretty much feel what it felt like to be at the hospital. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and they probably didn't tell them people, oh, by the way. You're uh, living in an old, living in an old uh, asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th yeah. That's how we make the money. Okay. 
I was like, no. Yeah, because I'll get my story done. And two, we'll get still got a good five, six minutes of saying goodbye and all that and giving shout outs. So. Yeah. I figure we can do that for ten minutes. <clears throat> Just a uh, talk, I guess. Okay, well, it's my turn now. My story is about... Picking my butt. Dude, t- quit, t- t- quit touching the mic. I'll do what I want to do. I'm a grown man. I'm a big boy. <laughs> Anyways, I've got... This story I have is... About the... Uh, it's called The Dancing Devil of El Camaroncito... Camaroncito San, San Antonio. A nightclub called El Camaroncito nightclub in San Antonio on Halloween night in 1975 the story goes like this he was a great uh, a great uh, like a great looking man came in that night I mean just picture perfect I mean everything dressed just right talked just right was a good dancer and all that and uh, everybody was just wooed to him, you know. I mean, all the girls were like, hmm, man. Well, as the night went on, you know, all the girls were dancing with him and all that. And he was making his rounds. Well, just so happened when he was dancing real close to one of the girls, she was dancing and happened to look down. And when she did, she noticed his feet have turned into hooves. <laughs> and when she what? jerked away, yeah, hooves, like hooves. Okay. And when she uh, noticed and jerked away from him and screamed real loud and started screaming and yelling and pointing at his feet, he said the people there said everybody looked and stopped and looked at him, and he just screamed real loud, and he ran to the man's bathroom and left out out of the window. But when he left, he left like like some, some smoke was still in the air, and it smelled like sulfur bad. And they say that's a sign of the devil. Oh, my God. And that's what was in Helltown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a... You know, that's great. Yeah. Everybody loves to dance with the but devil. But, yeah, this happened in public. There was a Halloween night. And, of course, they was all having a, you know, Halloween party at this nightclub. And, yeah, the devil decided to show up. and it was like, it was, hey. in, it was in the newspapers, even. I think he was looking for his next victim. Yeah. And then he got caught. He got caught like a coppers. Caught by the coppers. Coppers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by the time you do yours, it'll be about 40 minutes and then we'll ramble. All right, okay. So talk really slow like this. No. I'm so excited about September and October, guys. I'm really excited for October. I stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning doing research, getting all this some more scary stuff. You know where I was at 2 o'clock? At you, the river. Yeah, it was, you was at the river. Okay, so... Looking I'm, for ghosts. Uh, shut up. <laughs> and sleeping bags. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing a place in Australia. Australians. This is the Monte Cristo Homestead. This is in New South Wales. Oh, if you haven't noticed, Lexi's starting to go out of the United States now. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Have you noticed she's always the first one? Like when we first did this. Oh, Dad, I know we're just going to do stories from the South, but I'm going to do the Queen Elizabeth. It's in California. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. What can I say? Okay. So, 
I didn't find any history really on this place. Like, I found when it was built, and I found some incidents that happened, and some deaths, but I didn't find, like, a lot. So, I'm sorry about that. But basically, this place was built in 1884. Um, violent attacks, like, happen all the time. Okay, so, sorry, we had to do a little break. Anyway, but yeah, so violent attacks happen all the time in this place. Once there was a maid that literally plummeted to her death from an upstairs balcony. And then, after she died, like, after she, like, way to go. After she, like, fell and, like, had hit the floor, a figure of a woman, like, in a different period of, like, a dress. Like, you know, you see somebody, like, in a different decade or whatever. Which was seen, like, walking in her blood on the stairs. Well, then another tragedy happened. Oh. Wake up. Excuse me. A sable boy was burnt to death by... A sailor boy. A stable boy was burnt to death by his own master. And then, like, the owners, they died. The wi- the man died of old age, and the woman had, Who's like... Is it? Yeah. Um, and the woman, I think, had, like, a ruptured, a ruptured uh, appendix. Appendix. Something like that. So, yay, yay. Sorry, this episode probably sucks. As you can tell, I have sinuses. No, it's pretty good. I can't talk. I think it's been pretty good. See, it's pretty interesting. What would you do if you got a house like that? Like with the history? Yes, with that much history. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, compared to half the history we have in some of these stories, that ain't nothing. (laughs) But with the violent attacks that they have in there. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, they say there's like five or more ghosts that haunt that place, but (laughs) that's a lot. I cannot find a lot on it. So, well, that's just it on some of these. That's why I'm getting where I'm trying to do at least four or five an episode, because some of that stuff we can research, we can find out and get a page full of stuff. Some stuff, it's like uh, maybe a paragraph or two. They just only cover like when it was built. The big events that happened and why it's haunted. Pretty much. So. So. But I think it was a fun episode today. It's going to get even better, guys, with September. (laughs) I just love Halloween and stuff. I wish it stayed around a lot longer. I know. And we're going to do the same thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. So. So we got to do our special for September, right? No. No, we don't because that's part two of the Wendigo. Yeah. We got to do it for October, though. Okay, Yes. so we're going to let you guys go, but not before we tell you about our stuff. So yes, we are on sure Spotify, Stitcher. I wasn't going to talk about that. You could talk about that. Patreon, Podbean, Google Play, Apple. Apple Podcasts. Podca- we're trying to get on Amazon and iHeart right now. So. You guys make sure to check out our Instagram and Twitter at South Texas Ghost. And then check out our Facebook at Ghost Stories Still from the South. And then if you want to email us, it's Ghost Stories Still from the South at gmail.com. Yes. And I want to do a big thank you to everybody listening to us. We have so many people in the States. Oh, the States list is getting bigger. Every day there's at least one or two more states mm-hmm. that add on. And then they get bigger and larger, too. Yes. So 
And then I'm going to go and list the others, and I hopefully I didn't miss any. We got South Africa. We got Ireland. We got the Philippines. We got Singapore. We got Argentina. We got New Zealand. We got Canada. We got Israel. We got the UK. And we got Bangladesh. Oh, Canada. <laughs> I'm going to say that because that's my national anthem, I know. So, um, we hope that you guys like us and continue to like us. We know it's uh, it's real fun. I stayed up to like two last night getting about 20 stories together. So I got a lot of good stuff coming. A lot of urban legends, a lot of folklore, a lot of stuff about roads and bridges. <laughs> you know me, I don't cover many houses. I'm going to, I need to try working on finding <laughs> some more like interesting, like in-depth stuff. Because this, for me, this was not cutting it. But hope you guys enjoyed it. And, and I, I promise next it, time I will not sound like I just woke up. I hope it don't scare you guys too much. <laughs> well, we'll catch you guys in a but week. But if you guys have been listening to this, you've been listening to Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen Lebooth, and this is my co-host. Lexi Lebooth. It's been fun. It's been real, guys. Don't be too scared tonight when you go to bed. Remember, the headless guy could be running around out there. The candy so many, lady. The candy will visit lady. You. There's so many new folklores and legends out there to keep you little ghouls and guys going. <laughs> Have a nice night. See you guys next Goodbye, week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>